The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hi, friends. We talk a lot about local farmers and Minnesota makers for the food we need, but unfortunately, many farmers who normally sell to restaurants, schools, corporate campuses, and other buyers are really struggling right now. These folks have had to come up with new ways of getting their products direct to consumer, and the co-ops are the link to getting these awesome local products into the hands of you, the consumers. When you take the Eat Local pledge, you commit to swapping food you normally buy that's not locally made or grown for food grown by local farmers or made by local Local makers. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and you know I'm going to visit localfoodisessential.org and find easy ways to shop local. When you swap out for local berries, meat, butter, or grains, you make a huge impact on local farmers markets and the local economy. Plus, food that travels less is fresh and it's delicious, and you can find locally grown food at your local food co-op, farmers markets, farm stands, or by supporting a CSA. Lakewinds Food Co-ops is in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart, and it would be great if you could support them. Find out more at lakewinds.com. I get my nom, nom, nom on with the My Talk Chicks, and we will eat on, eat on the weekly Saturday, I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. It is also a steamy Saturday. Let's be clear. Steamy, steamy, it's the steamy, steamy, steamy. And I know we have. Do we have any calls, or did everybody leave? I think they went on their merry way. But okay. we always take your information. You can reach us. I'm at Stephanie's Dish on Twitter. At Steph March, yeah. uh, Stephanie March on Instagram, Stephanie's Dish on Instagram. You can find us. You can find us. Hey, There's I wanted also to let, an email on our show page. I want to let you guys know that we did put a uh, post up on the Weekly Dish uh, Facebook page about, because you know it's going to be a scorcher today then. Oh, it's going to be hot. So I asked people, what are you sipping to keep cool? And we've got some really good things. We've got lemon basil simple syrup that's Yum. looking for some vodka. Hello, Marley. Well done. Uh, Stacy says ice lemon balm and mint tea. That sounds Yum. nice. A lot of sun tea, unsweetened lemon. Everyone is, this is early in the day, I suppose. Oh, chilling some Prosecco, Julie. Well done, you. <laughs> uh, and then Jamie, of course, I gotta love. She says, White Claw, because I'm basic like that. Oh, I had a White Claw, and it was pretty good, I gotta admit. The I'm grapefruit. S- I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I can maybe have one now, but I, it just doesn't, it's too like metallic-y and weird chemical tang for me. I'm not ripping out it. I think I just need to add things to it. I think that's my thing. Yeah, and that's pretty easy to do, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's on the Facebook if you guys want to weigh in and kind of give some ideas. Fair State Hard Seltzer. That's, people Yum. are loving that. Yeah, people like that. Um, Missy, uh, longtime Missy says, thinking about having a beer. Our power went out at 3 a.m. Oh, my God, and don't want it storm. to go to waste. Missy, start drinking. <laughs> You're going to need it to get through because about three o'clock today, we're hitting 93. Oof. So I'm just telling you right now. Oof is right. Um. All right. So did we get through? Yeah. Okay. Let's we're going to go ahead and give you our top two and our two. Give him the old one, two. 
And now, the weekly dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The Top Two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, winning, winning, winning. All right, these are when we tell about two things we're obsessed about. Yes. What do you got? You want me to start or you want to start? I'll go ahead and start. I have been obsessed with the Frenchie cocktail in a can. Yes. By Vicre Distillery. And the reason I was obsessed with it is I had a can on the pontoon and it was super good. So then I came back from the pontoon ride and I had another can and I was like, wow. This feels really like a lot all of a sudden. And my niece is like, well, you know, there's 11% alcohol in the can that it's like two cocktails per can, right? (laughs) This is a great story. (laughs) And I was like, um, no, I didn't know that. She's like, oh yeah. She's like, those are so good, but you got to be mindful. Yes. She's like only one can per sitting. But they are delicious. Can I tell you that I am, I had this same experience where I was like, it's hot and I'm having a cocktail and a cute little can and you just drink it and you're like, that was delicious. And you go back for another. And I had a friend who was like, I can't even finish one. I'm like, oh my God, we are not the same people. (laughs) We are not the same people. They are so good. Yes. They're just really refreshing. They're kind of um, like a good alternative to a rosé or to bubbles. Yeah, yeah, it's that's just, the they're idea. really good. It's just and it's to me, as you guys know, I am the girl without the sweet tooth. Like that, it's not too sickly no. sweet. It's that perfect, clean, just refresh. I love them. It's the Frenchie. It's the Frenchie. All right, so my first one. I have a couple today. I mean, I just it have. Happens. I, just I have always stuff. do that to you. I know you do. Well, I, I do want to do give a quick shout out to the August issue of Bon Appetit if you've gotten it in your mailbox. I got it last night. It is. It's called the Summer Simple Summer Recipes. But let's be clear. This issue represents, the, from a magazining standpoint, this issue represents a big accomplishment. And if you page through it and you're like, wow, this is really thin on content. This issue was made in the middle of their personal meltdown where their editor in chief, Adam Rappaport, had, you know, left and there's all this turmoil. And they spent, I mean, just having had talked to some of the editors, they were, you know, internal meetings and everything. You can't make a magazine if you're on Zoom calls about diversity for 24 hours. So what I'm saying is I want to give them, you know, I would say that this represents a really good effort and there's a lot of delicious recipes, and it is simply summer. So I think it was a great It's gift. in my bag to go to the lake today. Okay, but what I'm going to pick for my actual 100% uh, is going to be this hot dog. It looked really good. <laughs> you guys, I am... I am hot dog obsessed this summer in a way that is not normal for me. And this is the point. You I put always it, like a good sausage. Listen, this is the case, but never in the summer am I like, let's have hot dogs for dinner. This doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And yes, we'll all let that one go. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm over here giggling I like know. a seventh grade boy. Five year old. Exactly. But I'm going to tell you that I can't stop wanting hot dogs. And this is not even just like a sausage because, yes, I cut sausages into like rice and beans and I make, you know, big like and I put them into salads. And I don't consider that the same as a hot dog, which requires uh, like a bun and then toppings. To me, that's a hot dog. Right. And so that's what I'm craving. Like I am literally making. In fact, earlier, I kind of tipped my my note on this earlier because I was spreading the murked you know, port wine cheese on my bun and then putting a beef Polish. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's delicious. Port wine cheese always creeps me out. Oh my God. I eat so much port wine cheese. It's like pink. 
Yes. Pink and because like of the wine. neon orange. Because of the wine. And then cheese is orange. Yeah. It Ken? feels a little Wisconsin-y it's, for me. I'm oh, not going to lie. Damn Wisconsin Damn. Merks. Yeah. M-E-R-K-T-S. Merks. <laughs> so you spread that on your hot dog bun and then you put a fat, crisp, almost burnt to, you know, the edge of existence Polish in there. That is hello delicious. Because why don't people put more cheese on hot dogs? They put them on. Anyway, this is a whole rant. I'm going to have to do a hot dog segment. I love it. But anyway, the idea is that the ones at Hamburguesas El Gordo, which has locations in Minneapolis and St. Paul, are delicious and amazing. And they've got elotes all over them. And they've got like, you know, spicy things and get the, you know, the El Norte. And it's I need got to avocados. Kurt to do takeout there when God, he's so around. And their burgers are spectacular spectacular they're not like don't expect like a juicy burger it's not about the actual beef it's about everything else it looked real good it's everything else it's a picture on our instagram yeah okay go ahead okay uh i have two two more okay. so we'll just make we'll just this a whole going. segment of things we like right uh i had the opportunity to talk with casey kai yeah who's the oh, you founder did talk to of him. k mama sauce good. yeah we did a makers of minnesota podcast with him and it was just really um i i when I first met him, it was at Stone Arch Festival and he was uh, selling his sauce from his booth. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, this is the way you work a, a 10 by 10 booth at a festival to introduce people to your product. Right. He sampled everyone. He had uses for the sauce. Like he was just so professional and smart and fun and really made me want to buy the sauce. But the sauce itself is so great and it's delicious. He's got a number of different versions. You can find it. It's K Mama Sauce. It is a gochujang-based sauce that his mom made. He's Korean, and um, it's in Target, and it's on Amazon now, and he's grown. But 30% of the business is give back, which mm-hmm. I did not realize. Yes. And he really has just done a great job of growing that business. It's a hard time right now, and I just want to call out K-Mama Sauce because it's delicious. I put it in the August could, issue. I, I was going to say, you could put it on hot dogs. I put it in the August backyard barbecue issue, which you guys should be very excited is coming yeah, out just soon. And rubbing it on because, chicken when you're done or using it as a dip. Or oh, I used it as a base for pizza. Yeah. A pizza I, sauce. I basically, instead of ketchup, right? Yeah. Like it just is so much better than that. 100% better than that. Yeah, no, I love them. They're great. Okay, my second one is technically, I have found a new food blogger. And I thought you might be interested yeah. in Um and I, and I mean, it's not, it's just new to me. Let's be clear. I haven't seen her before, but it's called, she's called Half Baked Harvest. And you can follow her on Instagram. Her name is Tegan Gerard. She's really interesting. I don't, she's a little bit hard to watch personally. <laughs> you know, as far as like that high pitched voice, like, um, and then you put like the thing on the thing and the other part of it is a little bit tough for me, but I love her recipes look great. Her food is, is looks delicious. I'm going to try it out, but I mean, she has, she has on Instagram, she has 1.7 million followers. So, like me finding her is not, you know, I'm not the but first thank one. thank you for bringing it to our attention. That's what I figured. recipes look great. Yes. And she has, it feels very weekly dishy yeah. where she's got, they look, she's basically started. This is what I love about her too, is I was reading about her in Cherry Bomb. Um, and she started at 19. She's a 26 year old, but this is her actual job and vocation and this is what i love like this isn't someone who's like doesn't want to do other things and you know whatever wants to be famous this is a girl who wanted to go into fashion styling and all the rest but then really started cooking for her family right she's one of seven kids in colorado and she is she's pretty authentically just a home cook with a great style 
And it is really beautiful. And she has really a smart sense of what flavors work together. I don't know. I really liked her. I thought she was, I, I thought it was interesting. So I think I, th- I wanted to make sure that Dishers had access to her. Yeah, that we know about her and yeah. we didn't. So thank you for making us aware. Yeah, there it is. That's my second. Um, I had a third. Okay, well. And it is called, and this is for you in particular, the Burger Dilla. Oh. Uh, La Doña Cervezaria. Cervezaria. A, I'd never been to that brewery before yeah. and it was adorable and sweet and great and the beer was good oh and God. I really liked it. It was in a fun location. Yep. I did a yoga class outside on their little soccer field and so we had a beer and then we stayed and got um, food for takeout on the patio and I had this thing called the Burger Dilla, which was a flat ironed griddled burger inside a quesadilla with all the cheese crisp. It was really good. Delicious. <laughs> it was really good. And um, I split it with a friend of mine and she was like, oh, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. I was like, I know. Uh, Why did uh, it take us so long to put a burger in a quesadilla? Yum. I know. I don't know why. I love it. And I liked the beer, too. And yeah. the uh, yoga class. There's a lady. I think her name is like Ashley's Wellness or something that does outside yoga classes in breweries around town. Um, there's one at Brit's pub today. I do like that because you're just getting outside. And if you can get your social six feet of social distance, then it feels good to be outside. Yeah. Right on. So that's it. All yeah. right. Wrap it all up. All of our great, uh, all of our great top two and hour two. You can find all of our top two and hour twos. We're in the same segment every week. If you missed a segment or you want to know what the segment, what we called out last week, you can always find it on the podcast. Just go to uh, wherever you find your podcasts and look for The Weekly Dish because we are there. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I have a whole like summer salad obsession I'm going to tell you about. Ooh. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. You know what? Food brings out the passion in people. And people love to talk about food. And so why wouldn't we talk about the people and to the people who are growing our food? We have an opportunity, you guys. Common Ground, Minnesota on Facebook is a place where women farmers are able to answer your questions about the food scene and the way that they grow food. They are ready to engage. They just want to talk about how they grow food, what they think about why they grow food, and all the things that have to do with the way that your family is eating local foods and what they're growing. Remember that you always have an opportunity to check in and chat with farmers in Minnesota at Common Ground Minnesota. It's right on Facebook. It's on Instagram. You can check them out on Common Ground, M-I-N-N. They're ready to answer any and all of your questions. We are back on the weekly dish and I have a massive garden at my cabin called Hilltop in Ely, Minnesota, and things are starting to come in and I all of a sudden end up with like massive amounts of this type of produce or that type of produce. I can tell you um, the zucchini and the yellow squash are starting to roll. My tomatoes are growing, but green, but I got the early kind, so I should be able to get some. Swiss chard is in. I've been picking sugar snap peas. My arugula was a fail because the bugs ate it all. So I've planted another row. I've got another row of lettuce I'm going to plant. I've had radishes, turnips, beets. It's all happening. Wow. Wow. And yeah, and I'm getting like, okay, this year, Stephanie, I did cabbages and they're cabbage worthy. Like I got eight big cabbages. I'm going to ferment the crap out of those things. Yeah, you are. So I've got my fermenting You better do some really good sauerkraut. Yeah. So I'm heading up 
to kind of get the harvest going and I've got my jars and I've got my fermenting book and my weights. And so keep your eye out for that. But as I've been working towards like when we were on the road, I I've just like I've been craving salad. And just like it's yeah. hot and you can eat salad, right? Yeah. Last and, week we did, I said, like, I'm not turning my stove on. So I eat salads every day. Yeah. And so I was with my older niece and my daughter and her girlfriend. And we were all talking and we were talking about like, well, what are the foods that remind you of like your home and your mom? And Ellie was like going on and on about my salads. That's and crazy. I, yeah. And I never think about salad like as something that I'm particularly adept at. Yeah. And she was like, oh, mom, like your salads are the best. Like you make the best vinaigrettes. You put stuff in salads that I never think to put in salads. She's like, you should write an article about salads. So I did. So I broke down the salads and I, I kind of cheated a little bit because the salad girl has inspired me. I She has this thing she calls her salad mantra. Uh-huh. So I was like, these are the five basics of salads that if you change these five things up, you can have over 100 different combinations, right? Yeah. So you start with your greens. So greens can be iceberg lettuce, but why? It can be spring mix. It can be arugula. It could be radicchio. It can be grilled romaine. It can be parsley. It could be carrot leaves. It could be celery. Like just the idea of greens and expanding your mind about what you consider greens really can give you a lot of different salad combinations. And I think when you eat in restaurants, you see this where chefs are using like the leaf or the greens from celery and mixing that with parsley and then putting. So that right there, if you just like, okay, I'm going to open my mind to what a green is. Yeah. So that's the start. That's the start. Or even like Brussels sprouts shredded or slaws can be greens, right? Yes. So the second part of the salad trifecta is nuts and seeds. Trifecta is three. I have more than three. I have I was going to say. <laughs> what is five? Uno. <laughs> it's like a quint. Okay, my quintecta. Yeah. Nuts and seeds. Okay. So whether it's cashews or pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds, you need some sort of like crunchy thing. It could be sesame. And I crunchy thing can just substitute for nuts and seeds too. Okay. Is this, I was going to say, is this textured? Like this is a crunchy texture. This is not necessarily nuts and seeds because it could be a crouton too. It could be a crouton. Because that's what I think people, I should have called it texture. You're right. But Uh, nuts and seeds is usually the way I think of it. Okay. But that might be also... Like I will make walnuts and dump a bunch of honey on them when I'm roasting them and then dry them out on a um, parchment paper. Mm-hmm. So it could be like sweetened nuts or yeah. I've made honey nuts yep. or I've made maple nuts. My big thing on the on the uh, salad bar is I like the pepitas. I like yeah. I like the salty little pepitas to throw into my salad. And maybe you hit a little bit of cayenne spice on your salty pepitas, toss all that and you have a completely different type of topping for your salad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you get past the nuts and seeds. Okay. Then it is fruits and veg. So what outside of the green is the next part? I really like the idea of a little bit of sweet in a salad. And so it's the craisins, the raisins, the blueberries, the raspberries, the apples, the squash, butternut squash could be your vegetable base, adding broccoli slaws adding Brussels sprout slaws, mm-hmm. radishes, carrots, any of those types of, again, either sweet or veg. Yep. Then cheese. Wait, for but for you're saying for veg, it's just also like like cucumbers and t- you're saying... It can be all okay, of that. Right, yep. right, right, right. And then cheese. Okay. I really think salads need salt. Yes. So cheese to me is salt. Yep. Sharp cheddar, 
uh, goat cheese, feta, parm, feta, any burratas, mozzarellas. But again, if you look at like a burrata salad, cheese can be like your base and greens can be your basil. Your nuts can be. uh, But I don't. Well, okay, you're saying like I think like like a burrata salad would be salad with burrata on top. But you're saying you're saying you're calling it a salad if you have a hunk of burrata with basil on top of it. And then you put in your five things. So you'd add like some what some tomatoes. You'd add some kind of a nut if you wanted to. You could, but like that's to me, that's a totally different thing having like an because that the greens is like the main part of it, but that's the thing. No, this is what I'm saying. And then expand your mind on what is salad because to me, why my daughter likes my salad so much is if I have 10 cucumbers and a pile of cherry tomatoes and a hunk of feta cheese. I'm going to make like a Greek salad, but it's going to have no greens in it. I see what you're saying here. It might have mints. It might have. I get it. Yep, I get it. I get it. Stephanie'sDish.com. I also talked about the vinaigrette, and I have a simple vinaigrette recipe, but expand your salad minds, people. We're going to talk about pesto. We might talk about some salad more, too, in a second. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish Gang. Um, you know what? Salads and pesto have a lot in common, actually, because it's a lot of things that go together to form a thing that we all agree upon. <laughs> it's a lot of parts that are in conjunctionly acting together to form another thing that we love. We love salads. We love pesto. This is a great time for pesto. But here's, I just want to, I kind of want to clarify this whole thing for me with you. And like the idea that there's also a problem in Minnesota where we put potatoes in we do like we put marshmallows with cream cheese and we say it's a salad snicker salad yeah the snicker salad so that's also why it's hard to like both agree and disagree because we have so many contradictions and like you when we think about think about potato salad like i there's three potato salad recipes that are front and center there's janice's which is kind of yeah less um mayonnaise and a little limey yep then there's the egg a lot of mayonnaise, yellow mustard, kind of squared potatoes. People love it. That's my mom's. And then there's like a German potato salad with like warm potatoes and a vinaigrette. Yes. And maybe a little arugula thrown in. Yeah. Um, and Bon Appetit had a sour cream and onion type potato salad that was just a little bit of sour cream and then these little onions and oh, chives. Good. It's like sour cream and onion potato. Like that's where that comes from. You know Not what I mean? Potato. Like a potato salad. Yeah. Um, and then there's the one that everyone keeps asking me the recipe for, and I really don't have the recipe, which is my loaded bacon, you know, the bacon potato salad. Oh, which just is just say that again, because everybody loves that one. I know. It literally is you just cook up so much bacon so it's super crisp, and then you do your, you cook your potatoes, and then you just toss them in. You make your own ranch dressing, you guys. It's really easy. You just do, like, creme fraiche, sour cream, a little bit of buttermilk to thin it out, and then you jam so many herbs in there and so much chives. And then you to- and you just kind of toss it around. Not super creamy. I don't get it super creamy. And then you throw those bacon bits on top. And then sometimes I hit it with a little like hot sauce. Yum. So that's what I love about yeah, that. That sounds That's delicious. just easy. Um, so with pesto, because this is the time of the year that we're talking about that, you know, you're talking about what's in your garden and you're doing all these things. And then the herbs are kind of overflowing and you're like, I don't know if I can use as many as many as I've grown. Is your basil good? Are you having good basil? Oh, yeah. And I have tons of it. So I'll be making a. Lot of pesto. A lot. And let's be clear, that is a thing that you want to do and then freeze because you can I make it. I put them in ice cube trays. Yep. 
and do I it. don't put the cheese in. A lot of people, there's controversy yes, about do you put the cheese in or not. Mm-hmm. I add the cheese later because if I want to use it for like salad dressing, a cube, or like as a something on fish. You're actually making um, not pesto with the cheese. No, no, no. You're making... Um, no, I just lost it. Oh, my God. Okay. It'll okay. come back. Anyway, but let's talk about this. The word pesto comes from pestare, meaning crush in Italian. So, uh, and there's, uh, they're talking about the, the first sighting of it uh, in Giovanni Battista Rato's La Cucineria Genovese. That's why we talk about pesto Genovese, because it was the first in 1863. That was the first recipe that people saw for it. Um, and so 150 years later, you think about this, people think pesto is like the catch all word for, you know, basil based sauce that people make in some sort of way. Now, let me ask you this before we get to the ingredients of it. I want to ask, how do you do yours? Do you use it in a blender? Do you do a, do you do like, do you crush it? I Cuisinart. You Cuisinart. So you're a, you're a food processor. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you that that is a definite difference in how your pesto comes out is how you choose to make it. Some people say that the technique is the thing that makes your pesto the pesto it is. And do that, you mortar and pestle? Do what? Do yeah, you people. Mortar and pestle? I mean, like they think there's That's a lot of people say that that is it. Yeah. That is the only way to make pesto. I do not mortar and pestle. <laughs> that feels to me like so much work. I don't have a mortar and pestle for that reason. Oh, I have one. I just. Don't use it for that. I use that to crush spices when yeah. I want to do like a quick little like, yep. you know, spice crush. But uh, that seems like it's a lot of work. Do you use your Vitamix? I don't have a Vitamix. Okay, I have a Vitamix. So if I have a lot of pesto, I might go that route. But I use my Cuisinart a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a, That's a different. And like, and then the, you could just do a chef's knife. Like you could yeah. literally just chop it yourself. Garlic, salt, yes, pesto. It's, and yeah, then just scrape basil. it and do it yourself yep. and make it sort of a chunkier. I will say that if it depends on... If I'm cooking it for a thing, I might just quickly whip it up instead of getting hauling out my Cuisinart and everything else. Yeah, like a countertop thing. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's just kind of a lovely way if to do it. If it was going to spread it on a chicken breast or something. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, you just kind of quickly whip it up on the board? Um, <clears throat> Food 52 did an entire like little study about whether, you know, an immersion blender, a mezzaluna, a blender, a mortar and pestle, a food processor, and what all that yields for you. So we're going to put that up in case you have feelings about that. But truthfully, the true feelings come with what should be in your pesto. Should, Everything. Should it just be? I mean, are you a purist? Should it just be basil, pine nuts, cheese, garlic, olive oil? Salt? Sometimes. Sometimes. But you don't think that it has to be basil? No. You feel that like you can make pesto out of anything? Yes. Okay. Parsley, mint, uh, oregano. I make whatever I have. Chives. Um, <clears throat> there's a delicious... Uh, they don't call it pesto, I guess, but it's spring onions that are just blended up in a. It's the sauce that Stephanie Meyer makes. What's that sauce? Well, ginger scallion sauce. Yeah, but that to me isn't a sauce because it's not a paste. Pesto is like a paste. That's a sauce. I think there's a difference. That is more. It can of, be kind of pasty though. It can be, but I think that is more. It's supposed to be more of like. It has to be more liquid. I feel like a pesto has to be more like a solid, like a paste. Do you make like roasted red pepper pesto? No, but I do not love roasted red peppers. Like not enough to make a pesto out of them. Or carrot pesto with the fawns from carrots. Well, that's a, yeah, carrot greens. I mean, right? I have not because I don't appreciate them, I guess, as much. But, you know, obviously I, I make arugula pesto more than I make anything. I love arugula. Because, and here's the tip with arugula. I shock it for a quick second and that removes a little bit of that bitterness i do like a 
a really good sharp bitter raw leaf pesto with arugula but i also like it if you shock it and then you wring it out and then um that arugula is i mean that pesto to me is my favorite pesto i think my favorite pesto is garlic scape pesto i yes i just love the taste of the mild scape it's different than the garlic Mm -hmm. it's so fresh it's usually like one of the first things in the spring do you ever throw spinach in? I throw spinach in when I'm like lacking. Like if I'm like, I don't have enough arugula or I don't have enough basil. 100%. I throw spinach I'll throw in every time. Spinach. Also like spring mix. If I have oh, like yeah, a little yeah. handful of Any, yeah. lettuce left over. Mustard greens, radish tops. Yes. Watercress. That puts a nice little thing to it. I have watercress on a stream that. at the cabin yeah. that I harvest. You and I've get added that. that. Let's talk about the nuts quickly. What nuts do you, are you strict on the pine nuts? No, because they're so expensive they're so and I'm expensive. cheap. I know. So I do like uh, walnuts. I'll do pecans. I'll even do cashews. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do peanut if I'm doing like a mint. Cashew is too much for me. It's a little buttery. It's a little buttery. Mm-hmm. But I do love sunflower seeds. Done those. I've never done sunflower seeds. They in have a, pesto, a little bit of a because they're cheap. Yeah, they're super cheap. But they have a little, you kind of get a little, you know, like the, the sunflower oil, you can get that little tang to it. Um, but I often do walnuts too because that's easy. But also, yeah, sunflower seeds and, and the pepitas. Those I do a oh, lot. I forget about pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, seeds too, but those do make good pesto. Yeah, that's a huge thing for me. Okay, let's talk about the cheese. Is it always? Here's the deal. I think it has to be like a hard, salty, aged cheese. You can't do it. You can't obviously do it with a soft cheese because no. that's not it. So what we're looking at is like, you know, like obviously Parmesan is best for that, but Manchego is a lovely Oh, I've not used that. Choice. Yes. What's the, um, it's not Parmesan, it's the other cheese. Romano? Like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cheaper. They're the same. Yeah. I they're, buy that too. By the too. way, they're the same. One is in one region and Romano is just next door. I just so. buy that one. And the Sartori brand of their cheeses is a pretty good one. It's yeah. produced in Wisconsin, I think. Yeah. Um, but aged cheddar, you could do aged cheddar. I love aged cheddar, but I wouldn't put it in a pesto because I'd feel wasty about it because oh, I love you just eat the it. aged cheddar mm-hmm, alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know when Ellie was little... Um, my mom would make fun of me because little like toddler little. Yeah. She was like, your child smells like pesto 24 seven. Yeah. And I was like, that's all we feed her. Pesto yeah. and hot dogs. Come on. Yeah. Because she good. would just eat pesto every day. So she always smelled like garlic. It made my mom crazy, actually. Yes. She was like, I, she's like, can you smell your kid? I'm like, no, because nope. I smell like it too. Yep. Um, what about, what about? Olive oil is is necessary, I think, but you could use. Do you have you ever used other oils? Yeah, I've used like walnut oil, grapeseed, canola. Yeah, sometimes I've used vegetable oil if I run out of olive oil and I'm at the cabin. Yeah, I'm at just the cabin, sort of. You just gotta like go with what you got. You gotta go with what you got. Um, and then here's the other thing. I think that garlic is a non-negotiable. It has to have garlic in it. I think so too. I think you can't make it. It can't really be a pesto. Then it's just like a, a pistola or it's like a, a little. It's a paste. It's <laughs> yeah, not. It's no. not even really like unless you have garlic. I feel like that's. And plus, always, it's not going to have any. It's not going to have any oomph. It's no. just going to be flat. And sometimes it's just nutty, nutty greens. And then it gets nutty. Yeah, and then it just becomes like almost like peanut butter with greens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you um, always do the cheese? Because the controversy on the cheese is if you freeze the cheese. Yeah, I I do. Um, and I've never had a problem with it. Yeah, ever. My ever. mother-in-law was like, yeah, you know, she doesn't put the cheese in. And so then I kind of do half and half. Sometimes Does she not put the some. cheese in for? Because she might use it in a vinaigrette. She might use it as a base for a fish sauce or sauce for fish. So well, fish and she likes fish. to add the cheese as she's making the dish. But I mean. 
I guess that to me, like you could still add more cheese <laughs> yep. because it doesn't affect it. Like I think the cheese is just a binder in a lovely way. Like the cheese also holds it together a little bit more and gives it a little bit more consistency than just like, you know, because you're kind of making chimichurri then. Yeah. Do you put ever vinegar in your no. pesto? No. I do sometimes. No, because then it's a chimichurri. Or lemon juice. Or even Le- I'll put the lemon rind. A little zest. Yeah. I've done a little zest to brighten it up, especially if I'm using more spinach than I am basil. If I know that that is a case where like I have like, a stretching. couple leaves of basil and a <laughs> I lot got two of spinach leaves of basil and oh. two handfuls of spinach. Wow. That is a case where you do have to stretch and you have to push a little bit of you know guts into it. I, think. I would say too oregano makes a really nice pesto. I do too. I like to throw actually every herb that I can find in there and just kind of make it like a, you know, an herb pesto. Yeah. An yeah. Herb. I do that. And just make sh- whatever. Like, Except thyme doesn't work. Rosemary. I was going to say lemon thyme works wonderfully. Seriously? Yes, I like. Because I have so much of it, and ugh. I've never made that into pesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lemon thyme is my favorite herb. Are you gonna add like a lot, or are you gonna add it like as a flavoring agent? I would never try to make a whole pesto out of lemon thyme because, by the way, you have to strip all those leaves yeah. off and everything else. Okay. But I would add it in, and because lemon thyme is strong, and it has like a, I would do that more than I would do zest, and I would put that especially if I had Never like even thought about that. Yes, yeah, spinach. That's a good tip. I would absolutely use that instead of that. Good so. tip because I have a lot of lemon thyme too because I oh love it in a gin and tonic. Yeah, bring me that whatever you need. I only have one pot, so I mean, and it's fine to me. I, lemon thyme is like uh, when I'm making potato soup in the fall. That's all my lemon thyme goes into that lemon thyme potato soup. Actually, lemon thyme on your potato salad as well. You know what else? it's really good in is zucchini and yellow squash soup oh yes 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 all right there you go there's our salad to pesto it's gonna be so good <laughs> that's how we do it we're gonna i'll post up that other thing i'll post up the uh the one from food pesto 52 roundup and how to make fresh homemade pesto out of just about anything from basically there you are we'll be right back this is a weekly dish on my talk 1071 i must confess i have a little thing for the justin bieber <laughs> Thank you, Holly. Zero thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't I like, like him as a person, but I can't. I love his music. Every time there's a song, I'm yeah. like, oh. I have nothing. I mean, you know. I, I mean, my not, favorite line. Shout out in to the anybody song, who does. It's just I just don't. My mama don't like you and she likes everyone. Oh. I love that That's line good. in a song. Yeah. All right. So okay. we have had a really good <laughs> weekly dish. We've really gotten deep down in the pesto scene. Yeah. We did some salad. We got all masked up yeah. or unmasked, depending on how you feel about the masking. Though I think we can just say our position as a show is it's the human kindness thing to do. Choose humanity. Just human. Just like choose humanity. How do you want to be treated? How do you want the human beings to treat you? Treat them the same way. Yeah. Um. Okay. So... All of the um, eating out that we've been doing, have you been inside any restaurant? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The very first day that of open, I was at Six Smith, and then I went to Matt's. Inside, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been to Matt's. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's it. I was in a terrible breakfast place in um, uh, Utah. And that was it. Yeah. One terrible breakfast place. And as soon as the COVID window passed where I couldn't catch it, I was so happy. Yeah. I mean, I and I think that people... I was like masking and then trying to eat my omelet with my mask half on my face. Yeah. I think that if you are choosing to be, and I mean, even if you are on patios and such, I would say that 
I know a lot of people are like, how am I supposed to have a mask on and eat? I'm like, it's pretty easy to just pull your mask down or put it to the side while you're eating. Um, and you can be talking to your people. I was on the Travail rooftop. You know, they launched nice. the rooftop. Is um, it open? Yeah, it is open. It's ticketed. You know, it's a ticketed sure. thing. So you have to have re- uh, have to have your stuff. Um, and it's uh, it's really interesting. Um and it's like it was like we were sitting at the two of us at the table and everyone was wearing masks who was walking around. The band was wearing a mask. You know, the band was singing through bandanas, which was great and fun. A band. And you can hear it. Yeah. yeah. A band. And so then, um, you know, and every time the server came over, which is, of course, the chef, one of the owners, and they dropped the food, we had our masks and, you know, you can put them up and you can, it's easy like when someone's talking to you, but most of the time they dropped it at the end of the table and then we picked our dishes separate up and pulled them toward us. And it's easy. It's easy to like to eat and be in your space. And then when someone comes near and they're asking you questions and you're talking to them, you can put your mask like just over your face for a few seconds. I think, too, we're getting into mask um, culture where like I have a mask that's good for walking around because it lays flat and doesn't fog up my glasses. Yeah. Then I have like a neck gator that yeah. I can pull up and down if that's I'm in what like, a, lot a of restaurant are doing. situation. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have like a medical mask if I'm going to the grocery store and it's in the car and I kind of forgot. I I like have a mask in every room in the house, every glove compartment. Hey, Lunds and Barley's is also going totally masked. Those Kowalski's. Yeah, by the 31st. And so that you should know that. Um, Let me ask you this. What about uh, drive-in theaters? They are booming. Business is booming at the Mm -hmm. drive-in theaters, by the way. Have you gone or will you go? I would. Yeah. I just haven't. The Starlight uh, is in Woodbury. There's the Vern Drive-In in Laverne. We've got the Sky View in Warren, Minnesota. Um, and there's another Starlight, Starlight L-I-T-E, up in Litchfield that I love. Um, and then there's a Lake Elmo, obviously has the Valley High, and Elko in Elko Newmarket has the Elko Drive-In. You know why I'm not going to a drive-in? Do tell. Because <laughs> I've realized that my husband's having a hard time staying up past 930. Oh. Oh, because yes, because you are a German and, old well, couple, and my husband's ten years older than me. So I was with a bunch of people that were the same age as him, and at nine o'clock they were all getting ready to leave. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, wow, okay, this is an age thing. In ten years, I'm going to be going to bed at nine thirty because I'm ten thirty now. I'm not like I'm not staying up till noon or midnight, but I'm at solid ten thirty. Really? Yeah, and if it's like a wait, weekend, what time do you get up in the morning? 6.30. Okay. See, here's the thing. I'm right. going in the reverse. Right. I. That's like that's like you're doing like farm hours and stuff. Like, I'm not down for that. I'm still a city girl, and I'm going to stay up till one in the morning. I love it. Reading and watching things. My mom was like that. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, I'm not talking to you until 8 a.m. for sure. Like, oh, that's generous. I oh. was thinking 9 or 10. Well, I mean, I'm not working till 9, but I'm not yeah. talking. Like, when my phone starts buzzing with my friends who are like up at 6.30 and texting, I'm like, no. No, we are not having discussions of anything until... I don't turn my phone notifications on until 7.30. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, My mom was a night owl. She would stay up till all hours of the night and then like be sleeping at noon, one o'clock. Yeah. She was like a teenager. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm my mom is the same way. She'd rather sleep late and she stays up. We stay up reading and watching things and yeah. in fact I sent a message to a bunch of friends at like I think eleven fifty last night and I was like, Oh, it's no one's awake. Yeah, you're waking no them up. No one's awake. Got it. Hey, but that's fine. We, before we leave, I'd be remiss to not say that we have a giveaway. Oh that we have not you done would. yet. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Holly Roberts. Well,
Well, we got to give away something. Yeah. Yes. We're actually giving away uh, gift cards to restaurants that you can use for Restaurant Week. We love it. That's right. And today's giveaway is specifically for the restaurant Lake and Irving in Uptown in Minneapolis. Uh, which oh, is fantastic. kiddos. Let yeah. me tell you. Do that we even need to talk about the burger? They have there. Oh, they have a killer burger there. They have like a poke tuna salad yeah. that is incredible. All right. I love that place. Great. They have great service, too. Do we have to do like a caller number what or yeah, whatever? How about we do caller number three, six five one six four one one zero seven one. Call me and you'll get that gift card to Restaurant Week. Boom. Like Boom. I love it. Um, you know how we don't talk about suburban restaurants as much as I feel we should because we don't get out to them as much. I we. want people to know we, as in me. Can and you my please fish say that because you're basically hurting my <laughs> reputation right now? Okay, I do not talk about Thank suburban you. restaurants as much as I feel like I should because yeah. I don't get out to them as much. Okay. Uh, Tour de Flavor is from the city of Burnsville, and they have uh, going through July 18th through 25th. They have like a passport. And what I was surprised about is how many of their businesses or restaurants are people of color in Burnsville. There's tons. Yes, it's a diverse and very beautiful sort of bunch of restaurants down there. Yeah, no, it's crazy. They have, uh, I put that in the feed too. They yeah, so have, check out the Tour de Flavor. Like what I'm just giving you a heads up of what. Uh, we're talking about like the the Shogun Sushi, Taqueria La Hacienda, Saigon Palace, Biblos Lebanese Grill. Yeah. There's just a ton of offerings down there. So that's what? a lot of fun. Um, let's talk quickly about the state fair situation, which two things. One, there will be butterhead carving. Did you hear this? I did. This is amazing. I did. This is amazing. Not only can you be watching, and of course, we got to stand in the actual cold chamber last year. We should figure out when that goes and make sure that we launch, yeah. you know, we like highlight that from that one podcast. Um, but here's the other thing. Uh, Liftbridge has announced that they will be releasing mini donut beer oh, during the state fair time from nice. August, whatever, 25th through the 7th of September. they had it made. No, no, they didn't, but they're going to make it. You can't really have it made. <laughs> Oh, like, I suppose that we You know, go they're bad. making it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's the deal. They've decided that because people are supporting state fair things and buying cups, for God's sakes, that they are, uh, they're going to launch the beer. And so you can sign up on the 29th. You can pre-order growlers and it'll be available both at their tap room or you can pick it up. Like it'll be on tap at their tap room or you can come pick it up. I love it. Get your growler and go home and learn how to rim those uh, glasses with sugar because that's how you got to do it, man. You know, I like it. Last year when I worked at the ballpark cafe, that was by far the most ordered beer in my one, one and a half hour session of working the cafe. Boy, I'm going to miss the state fair this year. I know. I know. And we it'll, are, it'll be back. It'll be back. I tell you what. Just uh, a little sadness. Here's another thing that's new. Um, Broder's Pasta Bar is taking reservations oh. for the first time in 26 years. Which, that's a great spot. I know. And they are actually putting their entire pasta bar menu out on that gorgeous patio. Oh, it is now nice available. Where used to just be snacks and drinks. Yeah. So now here's the deal. They're doing reservations and you can reserve patio tables and you get the entire pasta bar menu out there. Oh, I'm going to go there. I, I love that place. You absolutely should. Um, what else is happening? Oh, I did want to shout out, uh, that the, this is, a, <laughs> I might go here after this cause I've been waiting for somebody to tell me if they wanted me to come by and they haven't yet. So, uh, this is a pupuseria. Do you, got, do you know what a pupusa is? Yeah. Right. I love pupusas. Maria's, uh, up in East St. Paul had great pupusas. Yes. So Abby's, Abby's cafe was damaged during the unrest on East Lake street. Today they are launching their food truck. And they are, it's Abby's Pupuseria food truck. And a pupusa is basically a griddled corn cake, you guys, that is stuffed with cheese. It's so good. Hello. 
It is like Sometimes a cheese beans pocket. Too. Sometimes beans, yes, true. There are other things in there, but for me, it is a cheese situation that <laughs> must be One addressed. Giant cheese pocket. <laughs> <laughs> giant cheese pocket for me. So they're they're at East Lake Street, um, down on East Lake Street today, and they have DJs and they've got shaved ice. They've got a whole bunch of fun stuff happening down there. If you're looking for something different while you're driving around, you know, with your mask on. Actually, don't drive with your mask on. Yeah, you don't I have think to. Uh, you can. I think it's time. Yeah. We've come to the end of the show. It's been a, a delightful time to spend with you. Well, it's been nice to see you as well. Hopefully everybody has had, uh, the f- they're full of us until next weekend. <laughs> you can always send us emails. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, everybody.